and a hunger for the Word of God in my life. I'm going to be pulling my text out of Daniel, the second chapter, and I'll be reading one verse. Daniel 2, 44 says, And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to the other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. With the help of the Lord, if you would allow me, I would like to preach to you for just a few minutes. The eternal kingdom. The eternal kingdom. Lord, we love you and we thank you for all that you've given us. We thank you for this opportunity to be here tonight. Bless the word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. To add some background to the story this evening, we see where King Nebuchadnezzar has had a dream, a troubling one that seemed to keep him up at night. And for the life of him, he cannot remember this dream. Calling for the Chaldeans and the magicians and the astrologers to come stand before him, he announces that their job is to tell him what it was he dreamed and the interpretation thereof. Of course, unable to do such a thing and realizing that their life is soon coming to an end, word begins to travel across the kingdom and word lands in the ears of Daniel. And Daniel, realizing that his life is on the chopping block, tells the king, give me some time to seek the face of God, and I'll come to you and tell what it was that you dreamed. So like promised, Daniel approaches him and says, O king, you saw a statue, a great statue, one with a head made of pure gold. And this head represented Babylon, the king you, the kingdom that you have established. He went on to describe the rest of the statue and informed the king that these parts represented kingdoms, kingdoms of this world and kingdoms to come. But then nearing the end of the prophetic vision, Daniel says, but you saw a great rock being cut out, a rock that was not cut by human hands. And you saw this rock strike the feet of the statue, crumbling it down to the ground. And this rock, O king, this rock represented the kingdom of God, a kingdom that will never be destroyed. A kingdom that would destroy all other kingdoms. A kingdom that will reign forever. Can I preach to somebody today that the kingdom of God does not find its power in military forces. Its security does not come from human hierarchy. Its wealth is not found in the economical standing of this world. Political perspectives cannot change it. Persecution cannot silence it. Immorality cannot defeat it. And disease cannot kill it. Because when Gabriel sounds the trumpets and the angels begin to sift through the world and separate the wheat from the chaff, they will find that the kingdom of God is still standing. It's still alive. It's still thriving. And it's still full of the Holy Ghost. Love it or hate it, whether you're in or whether you're out, whether you're part of this kingdom or whether you're not, whether America stands for God or whether they don't. One thing's for certain, when Jesus says enough is enough and he steps out of glory onto the clouds and splits open the eastern sky, his kingdom will still be standing. And you need to know something. There's no government that can stop it. There's no movement that can overpower it. There's no demon in hell that can change it. 
it's no match for his glory. And Satan himself cannot stand in the way. Jesus told Peter, he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In case you didn't know, in ancient biblical wars, when, when the captain would begin to gather the men together, he would never say, men, get the swords. And you guys, prepare the chariots in formation. And, and you men, bring the shields. And you guys, you guys get the, get the gates. And take the gates with us. You see, gates were not an offensive weapon. But in simple, gates were a defensive mechanism that was designed to control what came in and what went out. So when Jesus told Peter that the gates of hell would not prevail against the church, he was not referring to hell attacking the church. He was referring to the church attacking hell because hell is trying to shut up its gates because when somebody that's been baptized by the Holy Ghost and filled with his spirit comes walking up to the gates, the enemy begins to tremble because he knows somebody's about to be set free. The adversary calls the gate. Somebody's about to be loose from his bonds. There's no addiction too strong that Jesus can't break it. There's no stronghold in Jesus' name. And let me tell you, it doesn't matter how secure they look. It doesn't matter how strong you think they may be. You want to know why the gates of hell won't prevail? You want to know why the church cannot be stopped? Why hell has lost its control? Revelation 1.18 I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And have the keys of hell and death. When Jesus descended into Sheol, he called for the... He called for the adversary. He said, I want you to come stand before me. And the warden had to come stand before him with no choice. And with his head down and tail tucked between his legs, not able to look at the Shekinah glory in the face. Heaven saw it and demons witnessed it. And souls testified about it that Jesus had taken the keys from the adversary and there was no power that could stand against him. There was no devil brave enough to approach him. There was no weapon large enough to overcome him. His kingdom was righteous. His kingdom was divine. His kingdom was powerful. And his kingdom was eternal. If we could stand to our feet all across this place with our hands lifted up and begin to thank God that you are part of his kingdom, that you are part of the eternal kingdom. Our next speaker was born and raised in the great state of Illinois. Our next speaker was born and raised in the great state of Illinois. Amen. He met his wife in the great state of Illinois on the Illinois District Campground. It's quite a story. Man, very gifted in so many different ways. Man, can play the piano and sing, play third base. <laughs> drive a golf ball, balance books. 
Amen. But Brother Graham is a preacher of the word of the Lord. And he is a gift to the United Pentecostal Church. He serves with excellence, whether it was pastoring the sanctuary, this church at one time, whether it was serving as our general youth president, or currently as our general secretary of the United Pentecostal Church. He has been a blessing to this fellowship. We are so thankful he is coming to preach the word of the Lord tonight. Let's give him a big pulpit welcome as he comes, Reverend Scott. Well, it's a good place to be tonight, to be in church. I'm glad to be here with you. Been blessed to be here uh, last night. Just, wow, what a time in God. I, I love being saved, y'all. I just love being in church. And it was a wonderful time last night. The preaching was just stellar. Give honor to the staff and administration of the college, Brother Jones and Brother McClintock, for their burden to put this together. I am a pinch hitter. I am not Elias Limonis, in case you wondered. I don't speak Spanish. Can't do that for you tonight, but I'm blessed to get to stand here in his stead, and that's a great blessing in my life. I'm going to give honor to my superintendent tonight, Brother Park. He is here doing a wonderful job leading our district, and I give honor to him tonight. So many friends. But I'm going to jump right into preaching for a little bit. Good to have my buddy Brian Kinsey here. See, none of you remember this. None of you remember this. You may have read about it in the history books. But there was a day that he was the general youth president, and I was his director of promotions. He was Michael Thomas, and I was DJ Hill. <laughs> They're having a hard time believing that somehow, Brother Kenzie. I don't know. So when they asked me to do this tonight and told me he was preaching at me, I said, this should work great because he spent two years coming behind me and cleaning up messes I made, and so this should work out just fine. Amen. It's a joy to be with you. You could be seated tonight. There are some statements of contrast in God's Word, in God's kingdom, which are just striking somehow to me. They, they don't make any sense to the human intellect. They don't correlate in our minds. It's hard, to make, it's hard to reconcile them given our life experiences. Statements which seem counterintuitive. They don't seem they could be true from a human worldview. Things like, a child of God could be poor and be rich. It doesn't make sense. There's no economic description for that. You can't find a balance sheet that makes that make sense. And yet it's true. You can visit the most remote village in a third world nation and there locate a man with naught but rags to eat and eating scraps of food that he can find alongside the road living in a hut that would be condemned here. But if that man is filled with the Holy Ghost. He is the richest man in his village. We say things like, I have joy in times of sorrow. Now folks, somebody that's never been born again can't relate to that. Doesn't make sense to think that you could be standing by the graveside of a loved one with tears coursing down your cheeks and then lift your voice and start singing joy unspeakable and full of glory. And yet it's real and it's true. We say things like, there's peace in storms. What? Ask somebody in the southeast today as they watched those storm systems move through and all kinds of red on the radar and all kinds of warnings and watches of severe weather. 
doesn't make sense to look up at a sky that's tossed with storm clouds and winds running every direction and say, my, what a peaceful day. And yet, if you've lived for God for any length of time, you've walked through enough stormy days in the spirit when everything was chaotic and things were upside down and you still could lift your hands and sing, peace, peace, doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to make sense. But it may be that there is no such statement that more juxtaposes two diametrically opposite concepts than is found in Paul's writing in 2 Corinthians 12 and 10, where he said, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. Would you take pleasure in that, Paul? Because he said, when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, that doesn't make any sense. How can you be weak and strong at the same time? And I suppose it would when applied to a man who has never been born again. But can I just tell you something? Hell has a problem with you because when he beats you down to the ground, you're still full of the Holy Ghost. There's still an anointing. Oh. There's still an anointing on your life. If you have eternity in you, if you have the Holy Ghost in you, if you have Christ in then you can rise up and stare down hell and say you may have taken your best shot and I may be battered and bruised, but when I am weak, You have a problem, hell, because in that moment, I am strong. Somebody should hear me tonight. The truth is that when I am weak in me, I am strong in him. When I'm weak in feeling, I am strong in faith. When I'm weak in ideas, I'm strong in direction. When I'm weak in my flesh, I am strong in the spirit. So let me take you down this road tonight for years there had been an ongoing war between the house of David and the house of Saul. When Saul died, the southern part of Israel, known as Judah, anointed David to be king in the city of Hebron. But Abner, Saul's captain of the host, instead anointed Saul's son Ishbosheth to be king over Israel. And for many years, these two factions were at war one with another. David's general... Try to keep the name straight. David's general, Joab, actually met with Abner, the general of the north. But bloodshed was the result of that effort at reconciliation. And in fact, in that conflict, Abner killed Joab's brother. The war goes on for several years with one running battle after another. Abner is that strong right hand for Ishbosheth. He is the might that keeps this war ongoing. And so it is one day when Ishbosheth falsely accuses his general of a moral impropriety. Abner is so furious 
that he leaves and comes down to David's camp and meets with David and said, I've had it with him. The whole army is behind me. I'll bring them down here. We will unite together. We'll put the crown on your head. You'll march out of here as the leader and the victor and the champion, and we will turn the whole nation to you. David knows he remembers well that day back in his daddy's house when Samuel poured the oil over his head and said, God has anointed you to be king. And finally, it looks like it's about to unfold. Finally, everything that God has promised is going to happen. Finally, he's going to be king of all the land and all the war will be stopped and peace will reign. And he sees this light at the end of his tunnel. Can you imagine the relief when David leaves that meeting saying, it's going to happen. I knew God's word would be true I knew I would be king and finally I am at the threshold of that happening but Joab his general learns about the meeting sends word for Abner to come back down when Abner comes back Joab kills him and all of David's hopes are crushed everything he thought was about to unfold now looks like a distant and very remote possibility at best. God's word has receded back into the memories of a promise that was made to him years ago. There seems to be no hope. He is discouraged. He is defeated. He is cast down. His hope that was rising just moments ago has been dashed to the rocks. And it is in that moment after Abner has been buried that David makes a statement from which I will preach to you for just the next little bit here tonight it is found in 2nd Samuel 3 and 39 when he says I am this day weak though anointed king uh, this is not going to be complicated complicated comes later in the silver haired gentleman over there I want you to listen to what David said David said I don't understand it if I'm the king why am I weak doesn't make sense to me. I'm the king. I should be strong and instead I'm this day weak though I'm anointed king. He's sucking his thumb and pouting because he can't figure out why if he's the king he should be battling weakness. I would like to go grab David by the lapels and shake him and say listen to me you rock thrower. You may be weak but you're still the king. No, you missed what I said. David is saying, if I'm king, why am I weak? I want to encourage David. You may be weak, but you still got a crown on your head. You may be weak, but there's still a throne with your name on it. I wish somebody preached with me about right now. If I'm called of God, why am I so beat up? I preach to you, you may be beat up, but you're still called by God. If I'm in school by the will of God, why is money so tight? I preach money, baby, tight, but you're here by the will of God. I don't understand, Brother Graham. I gave up everything to pursue the call. Why is it so hard? I preach to you, it may be hard, but you're still called of God. So why doesn't somebody back up and say, I may be weak, but I'm still anointed. I may be beat up, but I'm still anointed. I may be wounded, but I'm still anointed. I may be struggling, but I'm still anointed. 
You need to define yourself. Not by what's going on around you, but by who is going on in you. I am anointed. You need to wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and say, I'm called of God. I'm anointed. Say, well, boy, that sounds a little vain. I didn't tell you to walk around in front of your friends saying that. In fact, I just tell you this. If you got to go around telling people you're anointed, probably not. But I am telling you, you need to stare yourself in the eyeball some mornings and say, I'm tired of feeling defeated. I'm tired of walking around with my head hanging down, wondering why things are so hard. It may be hard, but devil, get this straight. I remember the day of Boshate. I remember the day he poured oil over my head. I remember the day he told me I was going to preach the gospel. I remember the day I got called to preach, and I don't care how tough it gets. I don't care what I'm going through. I may be weak but I'm still I'm still a child of God with an anointing on me to preach the gospel I'm still a servant of God with an anointing on me to serve in the kingdom and devil you can beat me up but you can't take that away I am this day weak but I am anointed devil invented identity theft identity theft didn't come around with the internet age it was around a long time before that Isaiah 14 how art thou fallen from heaven O Lucifer son of the morning how art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations here's how for thou hast said in thine heart I will ascend into heaven I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mountain, the congregation, and the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the Most High. The devil got his start trying to steal an identity that wasn't his. And he still does it. Only now, hear me, he does not try to steal your identity for him to use. He tries to steal your identity so you won't use it. Can I say that in English for you? He doesn't try to steal your confidence of a calling of God so that he can use it. He's just scared if he doesn't get it out of your hands, you're going to rise up one day and say, man, I know who I am. I just figured out who I am. I'm hell's worst nightmare. I'm a terror in the belly of hell. I scare the devil half to death. If I just rise up and say, I don't care how weak I get, I'm still anointed. I don't care how tough it gets, I'm still anointed. Hell knows if you get a hold of that identity, he cannot stop you. Do you know how bad you are? I mean, do you understand how terrifying you are to hell? <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be unkind. It just kind of comes natural sometimes. But Hollywood makes movies to scare people about demons. And, and, if, and if you're not washed in the blood of Christ, I guess I can understand that. <laughs> but heaven makes movies about Holy Ghost-filled young people 
to terrify hell. When hell wants to be scared, they play a clip of him preaching. When, 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 when hell wants a good fright night, they just play a clip of Sister Bollinger preaching last night. And the belly of hell trembles at one, at one Holy Ghost filled 19 year old young man that comes from a broken home and a daddy that doesn't serve God that says, I may be weak, but I know who I am. I'm a child of God. Hell, you can't stop me. He called me. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to do a work for God. And it doesn't matter how weak I get because in my weakness, I'm still anointed. When you walk on your job Monday morning or Monday afternoon or Saturday noon or Sunday whatever, do you understand how terrified hell is of you? He's scared to death. You're going to walk up and lay hands on somebody. Oh, but Brother Graham, you understand I got my own issues. I know. Some of y'all have so many issues you've got a subscription. But it doesn't change the fact. Way back yonder somewhere, Samuel poured oil over your head and it ran down over you. It might have been in a youth camp altar. It might have been a youth congress. It might have been a home on a Sunday night. But you got up from there saying, there's a purpose in my life. There's a calling on me. God sent me to preach the gospel. Walk onto that job on Monday and say, yeah, it's been tough, but I am still anointed. probably heard me share this but it's fun and I've got the mic several years ago up at our old church location there was a pastor in our area not, not an apostolic just a pastor of one of our churches I got acquainted with a little bit he would talk to me every night he came by church one day he sat in my office and he said Scott I just uh, he said I don't know he said I just uh, I'm really looking forward to the Lord coming I said, me too, just as soon as I baptize you in Jesus' name. We had that kind of relationship. He said, because if the Lord doesn't come soon, I don't know what we're going to do. I said, well, uh, we're going to keep having revival. We're going to preach the gospel. And I'm going to baptize you in Jesus' name. His answer to me went something like this. This is almost a direct quote. He said, but, 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 the devil. And we were friends, so I looked right back at him and I said, but, 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 Jesus. Wait a minute. He said, he said, oh, but, but, but Scott, he said, I, the problem is this. He said, the devil is getting bigger and stronger every day. I said, are we talking about the same devil? He said, yes. I said, that's an unusual critter. Jesus stomped on his head so hard, he bruised his own heel. And you're telling me that dude in 2,000 years with no medical attention and not one day off is stronger now than he was when Jesus about crushed his head 
He said, I've got Bible for it. I said, in my Bible. He said, absolutely. I said, you have to show me that when I've never seen that verse. He said, in Genesis, Scott. Okay, all you Bible students. In Genesis, what does, he, what does Satan show himself as? Mistake. He said, yeah. he said, now. He said, by the time Peter writes about him, what is he? Not lying. That's all right. You gutsy enough to answer. Someone went out there going, I ain't saying anything. I had to. By the time Peter writes about him, he's a roaring lion. So I said, well, he, he's a lion. He said, see. He said, by the time John writes about him in Revelation, what is he? He's a, he's see. He said, in the Bible, he goes from being a snake to being a lion to being a dragon. He's getting bigger all the time. Sad if it wasn't so funny and funny if it wasn't so sad. I looked at him. I said, you have a Bible with you? He said, no. I said, I'm not surprised somehow. On the shelf, on the shelf right behind you, I want you to get it down and read it so you know it's in there and I'm not making it up. They're going to display it for you. I said, I want you to read for me Psalm 91 and verse 13 that says, Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder. That's a snake. The young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under... I don't care if he's a snake. I don't care if he's a lion. I don't care if he's a dragon. I don't care if you're 19. I don't care if you don't have it all together. I don't care if you still got some questions. I don't care if you mess up every now and then. Get down and repent. Get covered in the blood and walk out there saying, hell, you can't stop me. I may be weak, but I'm still a knight. The enemy may be fighting me, but I'm still anointed. I may be a little confused, but I'm still anointed. I may be frightened, but I'm still anointed. I may have questions, but I'm still anointed. I may not know what's next, but I'm still anointed. My family may be under attack, but I'm still anointed. My bank account may be empty, but I'm still anointed. My heart may be broken, but I'm still anointed. People may be talking about me, but I'm still anointed. Somebody just wave it in the devil's face right now. Somebody just hell, tell hell they ain't won. It's not over. I may be weak. I've still got my praise. I've still got a dance. I've still got the Holy Ghost. I've still got the blood. I've still got the word. I've still got the name. Enemy's still under my feet. The devil is still a liar. Jesus is still the captain of my salvation. I'm going to wrap up here quick, but here's the thing. David said, I am this day weak. He didn't say I'm always weak. He didn't say this is how it's going to be the rest of my life. He didn't say, I guess I'll get used to this. He just said, I'm this day weak. 
I'm going through something right now, but this is not my permanent condition. This is just for right now. It's been a tough day, but tomorrow's still coming. Weeping does endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. I'm not going to live this way forever. Now, let me give you good news. You remain standing. I'm going to quit here in just a minute. I promise, really, honest. You may be this day weak, but let me tell you what does last forever. If this doesn't bless you, Brother Kinsey will help you. 1 Corinthians 16, 34. His mercy endureth forever. Psalm 111 and 3, his righteousness endureth forever. Psalm 111 and 10, his praise endureth forever. Psalm 117 and 2, the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Psalm 135 and 13, thy name, O Lord, endureth forever. 1 Peter 125, the word of the Lord endureth forever. Hell, you better get ready. I'm this day weak, but his mercy endures forever. I'm this day weak, but his truth endures forever. I'm this day weak, but his name endures forever. And tomorrow, I'm going to get back up, and I may be weak, but I am anointed. Somebody lift your praise and let hell know I may be weak, but I'm still anointed. No matter how weak you feel right now, no matter how bleak your situation looks, I wish somebody would give God praise. I'm still going to give God praise. I raise a hallelujah. I, I don't mean to be unkind, but hell ain't scared of this. is not greatly troubled by somebody that says that's cute preaching hell is scared of somebody that says I'm going through it right now but did you really think you were going to be able to make me backslide hell did you really think I'd give up on my calling did you really think I'd walk away from this and quit did you really think you could make me Whether I'm standing up front or standing in the back, hell, you got a problem. There's still oil on my head. There's still an anointing on my life. I still got a calling. I ain't quitting. I ain't quitting. You can't make me backslide. You can't make me quit. God sent me here. He about you. Somebody lift your voice and celebrate right now.
set of drums to make me victorious and I don't need a bass guitar to scare hell. What I need is for the Urshan College family to tell hell I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. You can't stop me. You can't defeat me. I'm not quitting. I'm From the front to the back, I wish you'd let out a roar of victory in this place that would shake the foundations of hell. Celebrate, dance on your enemy, lift your shout of praise. You're still anointed, you're still anointed, you're still anointed, you're still anointed. Come on, somebody. You need to reach out and get somebody by the hand and say, come on, we're going to make it. We're going to celebrate. Get you a partner and dance on hell's grave tonight. You are victorious. You are victorious. You are victorious. I know you're weak, but you're still victorious. Or against this step so we know who you are it's not if you're not sinning you're not backslid you're just weak tonight if that's you I want you to get up here right along the front of this place now I'm sorry but I don't want you to come weeping tonight I want you to come celebrating the fact that you're still anointed I want you to come celebrating the fact that God's still on your side. I want you to come celebrating the fact that no weapon formed against you can prosper. Now I need some men of God to make your way along the front of this place. Lay hands on these kids and pray in the power of the Holy Ghost. Because I prophesy to you in the name of Jesus Christ that strength is coming. Strength is coming. Strength is coming. You may be weak today, but you're not going to be weak forever. 
you men of God to get out here and walk among these folks. Lay hands on them in the name of Jesus and pray in the power of the Holy Ghost. You're still anointed. You're still anointed. You're still anointed. You're still anointed. Your struggle didn't change that. Your battle didn't change that. Your fight didn't change that. You're still anointed. Without a doubt, we've heard from God this evening. Magnificent word from Brother Graham. Holy Ghost has moved with power to break chains, but to give you a hope that in the midst of whatever the enemy might be doing in your mind and in your life, there is an anointing that's on you that has come from the Holy Ghost, and there is nothing the devil can do about it. He can't defeat it. He can't steal it from you. You can give it up, but I'm not going to give up. I'm going to pick it up and begin to operate in the identity that Jesus Christ has given to me. And I want you to operate in your authority. If you've got a wall in your life that won't move, I want you to speak to it right now. If you've got a mountain in your life that won't move, I want you to speak to it in the Holy Ghost. I want you to speak to it with authority. I want you to quit worrying about what's going to happen in the future. And I want you to begin to trust God now that everything that he has promised in his word, he's going to fulfill it. He might bring you through a wilderness. He might take you through a dark moment and a dark time, but he's going to be with you every step of the way. He's going to mold you and shape you and position you where he can use you in his kingdom work because the purpose of God is upon you right now. So I want you to speak to it in Jesus' name. I want you to operate in that anointing that God has placed upon you through the word of the Lord. How many of you believe the preaching of what God has spoken into your heart? You might be wounded. Somebody may have said something, done something to you that's wounded you, but that doesn't disqualify you from ministry or keep you from the well of inspiration that flows continually. I speak joy in your life. I speak peace in your heart. I speak this anointing upon you right now. I want you to begin to operate in it, fulfill it. Do it right now in the name of Jesus. I want you to lift your hands. I want you to lift your hands and begin to speak in the Holy Ghost. God, I'm going to come through. I'm going to come to the other side. I'm going to be liberated by the power of the name of Jesus. I'm going to receive the anointing. Ha! Right now in the name of Jesus. I'm going to operate in faith. I'm going to operate in authority. I'm going to begin to operate in that identity that Jesus Christ died on the cross to give to me. That the dragon or the lion or the serpent cannot steal. He's not in charge of your destiny. Jesus is. Your choices are. I say I choose the anointing. I choose the purpose of God. I choose the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Receive it now. Let the Holy Ghost begin to use you. Begin to pray for one another. Find somebody to speak this word into their life. And let the Holy Ghost begin to minister in Jesus' name.